We're so glad that you're listening to the Branches Podcast. If you're in the Houston area, we'd love to see you in person at 11 a.m. on Sunday mornings. For more information, go to brancheshtx.org. We hope this message helps you draw closer to God and that you hear the good news that you belong. Thanks for listening. verses 23 and on into chapter 3 verses 6 Jesus went through the wheat fields on the Sabbath as the disciples made their way they were picking the heads of wheat the Pharisees said to Jesus look why are they breaking the Sabbath law he said to them haven't you ever read what David did when he was in need when he and those with him were hungry During that time when Abiathar was high priest, David went into God's house and ate the bread of the presence, which only the priests were allowed to eat. He also gave bread to those who were with him. Then he said, the Sabbath was created for humans. Humans weren't created for the Sabbath. This is why the human one is Lord even over the Sabbath. And on into chapter 3, Jesus returned to the synagogue. A man with a withered hand was there, wanting to bring charges against Jesus. They, the Pharisees, were watching Jesus closely to see if he would heal on the Sabbath. He said to the man with a withered hand, step up where people can see you. Then he said to them, is it legal on the Sabbath to do good or to do evil? to save or to save life or to kill, but they said nothing. Looking around at them with anger, deeply grieved at their unyielding hearts, he said to the man, stretch out your hand. So he did, and his hand was made healthy. At that, the Pharisees got together with the supporters of Herod to plan how to destroy Jesus. Family, this is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Well, we are continuing our series on Sabbath, and I have to tell you that the longer I'm a part of the Branches community, the more I just feel at home. It is so weird. I don't, I don't think I even told Colin this, but like Sabbath is my jam. Like, like if I had to preach, like if someone was like, Tom Pace is down, you got to get in there, Michelle, which by the way, it wouldn't be me, it'd be someone else, but I would be like, Sabbath, let's go rest, right? But Sabbath is my jam. And for this to be the second sermon series that as a community we are going into, if you're new, I hope you see that as a good thing because we are not about living into the rhythms of the world that wishes to grind us down, that wants us to get lost in the rat race, that rhythm that makes us wake up in the middle of the night with a a to-do list weighing heavy and thinking, "What what is all this even about? That's the rhythm without Sabbath and it's torturous and it's ensnaring, and it's easy and innocent to get caught up in that, even in ministry. I have to admit, my Sabbath rhythm has been lacking 
lately. And I feel it. And so talk about trying to, like, write a sermon on Sabbath and then be like, okay, Thursday afternoon is coming. Friday is usually my Sabbath, and um, I'm going to have to work on Friday. <laughs> it's, it's convicting. It's convicting. But there have been seasons of my life where I can tell you, Sabbath saved me. Jesus saved me through the Sabbath. Because I would not be here in front of you. I would not be in ministry. I would not be in Houston, Texas, I don't think. I mean, there was my, my first season of ministry. It was Sabbath, that rhythm of setting all the burdens down and stepping into one solid 24 hours of, for me, no email inbox, no answering phone calls, no thinking about all of you and all of the people who were there as a sea of endless need. And it was time that filled my soul where I could read a novel for leisure and not for study where I could go on a walk, and at that time I had a baby, I would drop him off at the daycare there in our neighborhood where he went, and then I would walk back with an empty stroller to the house, and people give you weird looks when you're walking around with an empty stroller. <laughs> Eventually I said, it's okay, I dropped him off, everything's fine. But that was such a, a slow and a gentle rhythm of grace, and it was really hard at first. It was really hard. It's still hard sometimes. But now, when things get really hard, I hear this still small voice in my head that says, the Sabbath is coming. Get, get done what you need to get done because you'll be able to rest. So it's a rhythm, it's an unforced rhythm of grace. And today we're going to talk about the rhythm, um, the rhythm of Sabbath as it pertains to delight this concept of delight. So before we jump into it, I'd like you to pray with me. Gracious and loving God, we come to you fully human, wanting to be fully known, wanting to be fully loved, wanting to understand the sweet mystery of these unforced rhythms of grace. We bring our whole selves to you and we ask that you would teach us. Teach us your way of love. For others, yes. But also for ourselves. So that we can take our hands off the plow. And know that you are God. Speak to us this morning, Lord. Amen. So, I don't know if you picked up on it in this passage. But the Pharisees are like all up in Jesus's business, right? Like, it's the beginning of Mark, and Mark, straight out the gate, this isn't the first time he has named Jesus doing something on the Sabbath. Jesus did some stuff in Capernaum a few chapters back. I mean, not a few chapters back, like, in chapter one, he did a healing in Capernaum on the Sabbath. And here we have two passages where, again, he's breaking the Sabbath law. Now, this is interesting. If you know anything about the book of Mark, you know that his point is that he's telling us Jesus is the Messiah. He is the one who has come. Kind of all the Gospels are about that, but they all have their little nuances to them. 
And so the Messiah, the Son of Man, is choosing to break the law of the Sabbath. So I want to I pay attention to that. He immediately, in this book, is exposing that absolute ridiculousness of how rigid the Sabbath has become for the people of God. It's, it's like this message that he embodies is life is going to be different. And I didn't come to uh, abolish the law. I came to fulfill it. And so we want you to take a Sabbath, Jesus says. I want you to take a Sabbath. But you were, the, the Sabbath was made for you, not the other way around. And so human beings have this thing that we do. And do I have any rule followers in the room? I see you. I see you. When I was real little, I was like into the rules. And then something happened where I'm kind of, I kind of ventured into this realm of into breaking the rules. Um, but the Lord got a hold of me, brought me back to the middle here. And, um, but there are times in my life, and particularly when I'm living in fear, when I'm concerned about something, that, um, that I'm ready for the rule to be laid down. Okay, what's the policy? Remember the policy? We get it in writing, put it in writing, right? Remember everyone, this policy that we agreed upon, right? When I'm in fear, when, I'm, when I really want some certainty, I go back to the rules and I go back to the law. And that's, I think, what the Pharisees have done here. That's what humans do. It's natural. We want clear-cut boundaries in life. And we want to know that everybody has agreed upon it. We are all going to stay in here. And, and this is the lane. And I don't know about you, but I can get really, really rigid. I mean, it's like, it's like when I'm living in God's grace, I'm here. And then the more I'm in fear, the more I'm concerned, the more anxiety, I just come in, I get more compressed. And my personality and my ego is like, harsh and rigid and that's that's where the pharisees are jesus isn't condemning them he has some choice words for them later but i think these actions of breaking the sabbath are a act of grace for the pharisees it doesn't have to be so rigid right it can just be a gift and so the Sabbath is not something that we want to add to our to-do list. Though if you're a list person, put it on there. It might help, right? But it's not another task to, to punish yourself with. It's not another check mark to make you a good Christian. It's not um, this harsh thing that you can, like, whip yourself into shape, Right? It's a gift. Jesus says this, the Sabbath was made for you, not the other way around. And so when, when you give a gift to somebody, you kind of want them to open it in front of you, right? That's always an awkward thing. That's always awkward. I want to like open it later because I don't want to be, oh, it's not, you know, you make up a, a surprise because you know they want you to be surprised. But like when you give a gift to somebody, 
you want them to enjoy it, right? And we've been given a gift. And so Sabbath is this gift that we are to enjoy, that we are to delight in. Now I have to tell you, this concept of delight has baffled me this week. Especially, when did, when did the Astros lose? On Thursday night? I did, on Friday, I was not having delight. I was like, Lord, help them, help them, and help me, because I got a sermon to write, right? But like, <laughs> delight is, is this, I mean, the word lightness is in it. And I don't know about y'all, but if I make, um, have you ever tried to make fun a to-do list? I'm in this season where I'm like full mom. I'm like full mom mode. If I don't know, you you know I got a five-year-old and a wonderful husband, and every Saturday we wake up, and you know what's on my to-do list? Fun. (laughs) We're going to have fun. I'm the fun maker, and I have plans, and I have things. We're going to go to the pumpkin patch, and then we're going to take pictures, and then we're going to do this, and we're going to, and it all is fun, and none of it is actually fun. (laughs) None of it. It's like, the, it's like I'm caught in this cycle. It is like I need to be set free. But if you try to make fun a goal, I think it kind of ruins it. I think the same thing is with delight. In fact, I think when we look at these words like fun or joy versus delight, I think you can choose joy. I think you can choose to walk through life lighthearted and say, I'm like, this is hard. This is hard, but I know who's on the throne, and I know things are good, and um, things are going to get better, right? You can, I think you can choose joy, um, but I don't think you can choose delight. Now, some of y'all, I'll talk to you afterward. We can debate this. You, I know you like a good debate, but delight, I think, has to find you. Delight has this thing in it you, where you're not in control of if delight happens or not. It's been my experience that delight is kind of surprising when it happens. And you're kind of in this relaxed state. You've let go of some things. And then you notice the the shape of your baby's cheek, how plump it is, how wonderful that is. You're, you're in this moment. Delight catches you off guard. Or you um, look across the dinner table at your family, and yeah, they're all arguing or doing their thing or on their phones or whatever, but you just think, how lucky am I? You're delighting in them. When you see someone you love succeed at something, another sobriety birthday celebrated, another uh, promotion, another thing that they really, really wanted and they tried out for and they didn't get it last year, but they got it this year, even all through that process, you delighted in their effort. You see, we're not in control of delight. It's a gift. It comes, it finds us. And it hardly ever finds me when I have got my head down, my nose to the grindstone, ticking off the to-do list, working hard, being hateful to everybody around me because I've got goals to accomplish and I'm sorry your feelings are hurt, but we're moving on, right? Like, delight doesn't come to me in that way. And so taking the Sabbath 
helps me step out of that mode. It gives me some moments to relax, to open my hands, to look up, to remember that I'm not God. Thank God. St. Luke's is fine when Michelle is not on the premises. It's okay. The world is good, even when you're resting. And then delight can find you. So how, how do we delight? How do we let delight find us? I think we can take some cues from our creator. It's always a good good litmus test, right? Is God, is that what God's about? I think I'll do that, right? So um, the very first thing we see God do is be creative. God speaks all of these things into uh, motion and into action and into being. And so I wonder if on your Sabbath you might find some creativity. You might take a moment of what that looks like. Maybe it is um, arranging the books on your kid's bookshelf because they just need to be arranged. That's creativity, right? Maybe it's um, decorating a new part of the house in just the way you've been thinking about it. Maybe it's art. Maybe it's writing. Maybe it is gardening. All of these are creative actions. So I think we can take a cue from God. He's the creator and invites us into being co-creators. Um, when we also look at God, God leans in toward other human beings. God leans in to relationship with people. So on your Sabbath, I wonder if you could find a place to connect with others. Maybe it's somebody who really needs it. But again, if it's work for you, Try to not do the work things, right? So gentle conversations, gentle relationships. It's not work. It's not a giving of yourself. It's a leaning in and a showing up and letting delight find you there. When we look at Jesus, where does Jesus find delight? He attends weddings. He blesses people. He turns... Uh, uh, water into wine responsibly, right? Right. He feasts. I wonder if on your Sabbath there's a way that you could just eat really good food. And if cooking is your thing, that's there's your creativity, right? For some of us, that is really life-giving in certain seasons. And then there's this beautiful feast. Maybe it's ordering in. And it's a beautiful feast on the chinette, right? But it's eating, it's feasting, it's being nourished. You see, these two stories have something in common. They are about being fully human in your body. Fully human in your body. The disciples were hungry. What, what kind of sense does it make to say, no, 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 sorry you're hungry. Got to wait till tomorrow. Hope you find some scraps that somebody already worked on. Doesn't make sense. When you're hungry, eat food. The Sabbath was made for you. Eat the food. The second one, 
Do you have need in your body? Do you need to be healed? Sabbath is the time to seek it. You can seek it anytime, right? But like, how absurd to not seek wholeness on the Sabbath. In fact, Sabbath is the perfect day to seek wholeness. You can seek, sab- you can seek wholeness um, like on the Sabbath, but you can also shift that. We're seeking wholeness with the Sabbath. It's the Sabbath that makes us whole. It's the seventh day when God rested that all of creation was complete. If, you're, if you hunger, seek to be fulfilled on the Sabbath or seek to be fulfilled with the Sabbath. This is the time to be fully human, to have all your needs exposed and up there and maybe you've been trying to deny them But the Sabbath is time to be fully human in the presence of God and to delight in it, to be reminded that you're loved, that you're wanted, that you have a place where you belong, that you have a way to meet your needs, that there are people who want to share in the meeting of those needs. The Sabbath is a time to have fun, to relax, and to let delight find you. So friends, as you go into your week, I wonder if you'll just kind of chew on this word delight. What does it mean to you? Because it confused me the whole week. Like really, until just now, was I like, that's delight. <laughs> like, It's a confusing word. But I think it finds you. And then you know. Let's pray together. Gracious and loving God, we thank you so much for who you are. We thank you that the rhythms of life are an invitation, that there is a time to work and be fulfilled by our work, to earn and to, to have things of which, we're over, of which we have dominion over. But God, we thank you for this one day that 24 hours where we can delight in you, where we can delight in being human and we can seek wholeness. God, I pray a special blessing over everyone here, over each household represented here, and over our branches family who couldn't be here today. I pray that you would pour yourself out on us, that you would teach us these unforced rhythms of grace, that you would guide us that you would love us. And I pray especially, Lord, that delight, your delight would find us. We pray these things in Jesus' holy name. Amen.